The sermon series this month is Back to Basics. And it's covering a lot of, uh, a lot of lessons that you wanted preached. Remember, I asked you back in November to tell me the things that you would like to hear. And uh, today is, is one of those sermons, and, and tonight is one of those sermons. These are sermons that you wanted to hear. And one of you wanted to know about salvation. One of you wanted me to preach a sermon on salvation, and one of you wanted me to preach a sermon on angels. I'm preaching that sermon tonight. So if you want to learn about angels, come and hear the sermon tonight, all right? But today we're looking at back to basics. Next week we'll look at the basics of worship. You know, I have a, I have a ring that I'm, it's too fat to fit, I'm too fat to fit it anymore right now, but maybe one of these days. It's my David Lipscomb ring, David Lipscomb ring, and inside of it I have engraved God Family Work. I don't have my name engraved inside of it. I have God Family Work engraved because that's what got me through. That's how, what got me through college. God, family, and work. If it wasn't for God, I never would have made it. If it wasn't for my family, I never would have made it. If it wasn't for working hard, I never would have made it. All right? So these sermons are kind of built around that. I, I, I had four sermons to fill, so I kind of, I didn't break God up, but I, I, I talked about salvation today. That's what we're going to talk about today. And that's the basic step with God. You, you've, got to, you've got to receive the salvation that God's going to give. Okay? And then we're going to talk about worship next week. The basics of worship and how that is really what, what we do for God. We worship Him. So and then we're going to talk about family for our family day. And I hope every one of you can be back here and invite somebody else for family day. That's what we're going to talk about. We're talking about the basics of being a family. And then we're going to talk about on the last, the basics of work. Back to basics and what we can do as Christians. But today... We're, at, we're talking about salvation. Radio, Sa- Radio Shack's slogan, let me take a drink. Radio Shack's slogan is you've got questions and we've got answers. And we're gonna, I'm going to borrow from their catchy slogan today. And I will ask and answer some questions today. I'm going to have a, a Q&A of my own. I'm going to ask myself some questions. That's what I did to write this sermon. And, and then I answered those questions about salvation. And then at the end of the sermon, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you some questions, all right, that you'll have to answer yourself. On TV Evangelist's Kenneth Copeland's website, under the heading Salvation, under the subheading Foundational Teachings, under the next subheading How to Be a Christian, Kenneth Copeland writes, I want you to join me now in praying this prayer for salvation. Don't just read it. Make a conscious effort to speak these words from from the very depths of your being. When you finish this prayer, you will be born again. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I present myself to you. I pray and ask Jesus to be Lord over my life. I believe it in my heart, so I say it with my mouth. Jesus has been raised from the dead. This moment I make him the Lord over my life. Jesus, come into my heart. I believe this moment I am saved. I say it now. I am reborn. I am a Christian. I am a child of God Almighty. By praying this prayer from the website, the author is saying you can have Salvation. My first 
question and answer. What is salvation? Salvation is deliverance. Salvation is liberation. Salvation is preservation. Salvation is rescue. We might say tourism has been the salvation of the city. We use that word in our English language very well to say that something has been brought from the brink of destruction. Salvation refers to material and temporal salvation. For our purposes today, I want you to understand salvation to mean spiritual and eternal deliverance granted immediately by God to those who have faith and obey. Do we need saving? Oh yes, we most certainly need saving. Isaiah 59 verses 1 and 2, our sin separates us from God. And all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. If you work at sinning and you work at disobedience, your wages that you've worked for will be death. Romans chapter 6 verse 23. We need saving because we cannot save ourselves. Before Jesus was born, Jeremiah wrote... In Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23, O Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It's not in a man who walks to direct his own steps. We cannot save ourselves. Sinful man needs help. Well, what are we being saved from? Hell. Hell is the one word answer. If you'll turn over to Matthew chapter 25, it contains a description of hell. Hell is awful. Matthew 25 verse 30. It is darkness. There will be weeping. There will be crying. There will be gnashing, grinding of teeth. All this results from all the pain that you're enduring. Verse 46, this, this verse 46 is to be an everlasting punishment. Keep your finger here, but if you turn back over to Matthew chapter 10 verse 28, this is everlasting punishment for the soul and the body. Hell is a place for the wicked. Matthew 25 verse verse 41. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. It's made for, Romans chapter 2 verse 8, those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness. There will be rage, Paul writes, there will be rage and bitterness, trouble and anguish on every soul of man who does evil. Hell is the place for those in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verses 7 through 9 who do not know God and who do not obey the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Hell has no rest forever. Hell fire Mark chapter 9, 
verses 47 through 48 will never burn out. Hell is where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Hell, Matthew 25, verse 46, is everlasting punishment. Hell is real. We need salvation. We all have our own part to play. God has done His part. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus has done His part. Colossians chapter 1 verses 13. Through 14, he, Jesus, delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of his of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood. What's that? The forgiveness of sins. Kenneth Copeland is telling you how to be saved. And there are many others who were who will say something similar. To what Kenneth Copeland is saying. The Pertuz just got back from a trip to Savannah, wasn't it? Savannah, Georgia. They were walking through a parking lot. And some very genuine, earnest, hard-working people gave them this track. I just got it this morning. Let me read you what it says. Under the heading... What must I do to be saved? Simply believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, Acts 16.31. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, 1 John 5, verse 1. As many as receive Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in His name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but God, John 1, 12-13. You are born again. You become a Christian by trusting a person, Receiving a person. The very moment you do this, the Lord Jesus comes in and life begins. Kenneth Copeland's not the only one. Brother Eddie couldn't find out who these people were. but He's not the only one who believes this. There are many others who do as well. There are many who will say something a little bit similar, but still a little different. How do others view salvation? That's what I want to pick on just a minute. I want to look at five views. If you'll turn to Mark chapter 16, verse 16. Five views of Mark chapter 16, verse 16. One view of this verse is, He who believes and is baptized will not be saved. Now, who in the world would say that? Well, there are many people that would say that. Atheists would say that. Muslims would say that. Hindus would say that. Buddhists would say that. All who don't believe in Jesus Christ would say that. Another view is, he who does not believe and is not baptized will be saved. Now, who would say that? This is a universalist doctrine. Universalism. Everybody's going to heaven. No matter what you've done, everybody's going. On the Universalist website under how to, the options were how to read the Bible and how to break a bad habit. Nothing about how to be saved. But nothing on how to be saved will ever come 
from someone who believes this because they believe that all are saved. Rob Bell, whose Mars Hill Bible Church has 10,000 members, 10,000 member megachurch, he says the teaching that a select few of Christians will spend forever in a peaceful, joyous place called heaven while the rest of humanity spends forever in torment and punishment in hell is misguided and toxic. They believe everyone's going, no matter what you've done. In his book, Love Wins, God's love wins out. And in the end, we all go to heaven. Another view of Mark 16, 16 is, He who does not believe and is baptized will be saved. This is a view of any group who practices infant baptism. Now, how is a baby to believe? This is not one of the questions, but it is a question that must be fielded by those who have this view. Another view. It's Mark chapter 16, verse 16. He who believes and is not baptized will be saved. This is also called a faith-only view. This is the view that's held by Robert Copeland. This is the view that's held by those who passed out this little, little pamphlet to the Purdue's. It's held by many denominations, and it's held by most all non-denominational slash all denominational groups. The local Generation Church on their website under the heading about Generation Church under the subheading subheading beliefs under the subheading salvation the blood of Christ shed on the cross provides the only way of salvation through the forgiveness of sin salvation occurs when people place their faith in the death and resurrection of Christ as sufficient payment for their sin salvation is a gift from God and it cannot be earned through our own efforts and then they give as you see about 25 or so bible notations but 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 21 is not there Baptism now saves you. Acts chapter 2 verse 38 where baptism is for the remission of sins is not there. Neither is Galatians chapter 3 verses 26 and 27 where we put Christ on and we are put in Him when we are baptized. Neither is Acts chapter 22 verse 16 where we find baptism washes away our sins. And neither is Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, when we are buried with Christ in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. And neither is our fifth view, the correct view of Mark chapter 16, verse 16. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. This is what the Bible says. Let me tell you a little story. It's happened to me this week. 
My mother called. Thursday night. Crying. When I first picked up the phone, I thought somebody had died. You know, somebody's on the phone. She was crying. Finally got it out of her through the sobs. And you, you boys know if your mama's crying, you'll walk through fire and seas of glass to do whatever you got to do. She never cries. And she never asks me for anything. But her friend, son, had got caught up into drugs and had almost been kicked out of school. He was about to be kicked out of school. And their life was in a turmoil. And she wanted me to come and talk to him. So I did. And we sat and we had a good time. You know, he was in, he was in trouble with drugs, so I called a treatment center that I knew and saw if, just to see if they had a bed open. You know, and they said they did for a teenager around these ages right here that are sitting in this pew, second pew. They did have a bed. It was a 40-day program to get him off drugs. I talked with him, find out where he is, tried to be nice to him. He was open to me. And then after the talk, my mom and dad, they, they was at my mom and dad's house. They, they came in the room and my dad said, come on, come on. If y'all aren't going to the treatment center, come on. I'm going to take you home. Because it was late. I had to get back home. This is in Bellevue, Tennessee, and I had to drive all the way back to Portland. My daddy told the boy, as he was going home, he said, I would have took you to a treatment center. That's exactly what I would have done with you tonight. I would have took you to the treatment center. You've messed up and you are messed up and you're lying. Now, Daddy came back. I know y'all get tired of my mom and daddy stories, but Daddy came back and he said, You know what? Y'all love him, but I loved him more because I told him what he needed to hear. Well, Friday I got to go back down and we got to have started having a Bible study. Matt's the guy I've been talking to you about, that guy. But I want to say this. I, I use this story to say this, all right? The story that I've given you about the Generation Church is relevant. It's a local, relevant example of those who believe this. And I know I've got friends that go there. And you've got friends that go there. I know this. And I know you may think he's just beating up on them. No, I'm not. I'm not. No, no. Me and you, we need to love them enough to tell them the truth. Because that's the truth. And nothing but the truth. God has helped us. He has given us a plan. He has given us the way. He has given us the salvation. We got to do our part, though. We got to do our part in our own lives and in the lives of our friends and our family members that we know. I'll tell you what the Bible says. This is what the Bible says. It's not just being baptized. The Bible gives directions. And if we'll follow God's direction, 
we'll get to heaven. We'll escape hell. There was a woman that called a few weeks ago, and she wanted directions from Hendersonville to Portland. And I had to give her the directions four times. No, ma'am, no. She repeated them back to me. No, ma'am, no, that's not right. Go. No, ma'am, no, no. Four times. Finally, on the fourth time, she repeated it back like I had given it to her. And guess what? She got to Portland. If we'll give the right directions, our friends, our family members, ourselves, we'll get to heaven. We've got to have the right directions, though. What does the Bible say? Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Here's the directions. We must hear the good news. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. John chapter 3, verse 16, as I've already quoted, we must believe in Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. The Bible says we must repent of our sins. Luke chapter 13, verse 3, Jesus thought of it so much, He said it twice, unless you repent, you will perish. We must also confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. What does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And then, of course, there is the correct view of the gospel. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Now, the last question that I'm going to answer, ask and answer myself today, is this. Can someone lose their salvation? Can someone fall from grace? Well, the answer is very simple again. Yes. It's very basic. Very basic. Yes. The Bible warns us over and over and over again by example and by those who fail... And the danger of falling away from God's grace, Demas, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10, Demas fell. He loved this present world, and so do so many. Simon fell, Acts 8, verses 9 through 24. He heard the gospel, he believed it, he was baptized, Acts chapter 8, and he followed the apostles, but he was overtaken by his greed. And Peter told him in verse 22 to repent of his wickedness. If you're a baptized believer, there's an example for you. We are told in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 12 to take heed lest we fall. Many are entangled and overcome. 2 Peter chapter 2 verses 20 through 22. Even after they obeyed, they are like dogs who have returned to their own vomit. Oh. But if we are faithful till death, we'll receive the crown of life. Revelation chapter 2 verse 10. We must walk in the light, not in the darkness. 1 John chapter 1 verse 7. We must be growing... We must be a growing Christian. We must add to our faith, goodness, to our goodness, knowledge, to our knowledge, self-control, to our self-control, perseverance, to our perseverance, godliness, to our godliness, brotherly kindness, to our brotherly kindness, love. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 11. We must grow. And now my questions are over to myself. Here's one for you. 
Are you sure about your salvation? Did you obey the Bible way? Did you obey God? Are you scared? Are you scared? First John chapter 4, verse 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Why? Why does perfect love cast out fear? Because fear involves torment. If Jesus Christ, here's my last question, if Jesus Christ came back right now, would you go to hell? If you're not sure, be sure. Make things right. Obey God. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 3. Do not neglect so great a salvation. It's the basics of beginning eternal life. Be sure today. Come right now. It's together we stand and sing.